and boom goes the dynamite. It's Monday night, ladies and gentlemen, and you know what that means. Kevin Ely and I are back with a brand new episode of The Boom. I'm your host, James B. McDaniel. Um, we're coming to you live here from Fight Game Media. We're, you're not listening to this live. I'm brain dead. We just got off a two-hour podcast <laughs> with um, Sam from Power Bombshells. You can check that out on YouTube um, in the Fight Game Media group, and I highly recommend it. It was a really, really fun show. Her co-host... Mel was at Forbidden Door tonight, so she needed some co-hosts. Uh, so Kevin and I did it. Paul Fontaine was there. Steven was there. It was a really, really good group. We're probably going to do a little bit of a abbreviated podcast tonight, so I don't get so I make my so I can make it to my job in the morning. Yeah. Um, because God knows I'm I'm close enough to being fired as it is. But uh <laughs> Kevin, last week we both talked about how we were not as excited as we wished we were for this pay-per-view. Right. But we knew it was going to be good mm-hmm. and it was great. It was, it was such great. a good pay-per-view. And one thing that keeps coming to mind, and I, and of course we talked about it on uh, the show with Sam is it was such a well-paced show. And that's something that AEW is terrible at. They, they seem to have 18 hour pay-per-views that leave you dead for the main event. Right. And I was not dead until at least two and a half hours after the pay-per-view ended. And we started this podcast here tonight. (laughs) We'll we'll probably do an abbreviated, abbreviated show tonight and, and send everyone to the YouTube. If you want our detailed thoughts on this, on the show. Yeah. uh, I'd probably go to the YouTube and I mean, we might get, we might start, we might start talking about Yano and I might get invigorated again. Who knows? We can do that. We can talk about Yano. God only knows. I heard he had decent seats at the show. He had great seats. Yano was there. They didn't use him. Lots of people got yam bagged. Yano's the king of yam bagging. No, right. We don't get a thing. No. Although he might have, um, he might have been involved in an altercation. Somebody was involved in an altercation with a large number of security guards. We're hearing it wasn't Wardlow. Maybe it was Yano. Could he be the second class action battle royal participant in the history of AEW? Could be. I would yeah, see. I'd let's pay, just I'd do pay Yano Wardlow. It. Yeah. Oh my God. That would that would actually be real. I'd be entertained by that. Yeah, he just beat he just beat Big LG. I mean, why not beat <laughs> Wardlow right. as well? Why not? He has some shocking victories, by the way, in G one history. <clears throat> if you go back and look, shock. Yeah. Um, what was your match of the night? What did you think was going to be match of the night? And what was your match of the night? I predicted uh, the IWGP four way would have been match of the night, but um, it was good. But I didn't it think good. it was match of the night. It was not match of the night for me was uh, Orange Cassidy and and Will Ospreay. Yeah, Yeah. same here. It was my number one and Claudio Castagnoli was my number two. Mm -hmm. Um, Like Will Ospreay, like this is a conversation I had before Power Bombshells tonight. And I think Will Ospreay is, I think he's above Kenny Omega right now. I think he's that good right now. I think it's him and Okada at the very tip Mm -hmm. top. Mm-hmm. And maybe AJ Styles, if he was allowed to actually wrestle, would mm-hmm. be right there. And um, he, he like he's phenomenal. Orange Cassidy had a great match as well. I don't want to take anything away from him, mm-hmm. but Will Osprey's really freaking good. Um, you know, contrary to what Kenny Omega seems to think. Yeah, right. Well, that Kenny, I feel like Kenny shouting him out and uh, criticizing him and kind of what do they call him, little brothering him? Yeah, you know, in an interview is basically 
the that's a high compliment because uh, you must be really good if he's it feels the need to t- if, take you down if like that Kenny omega is kind of obsessing over you right you, you're, you're probably doing, doing pretty, pretty well yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that match was unbelievable. And it, it was kind of the thing for the whole show where it was like, oh, there's this match. It's not really who I wanted to be in the match. And I know it's going to be good, you know, so I'm going to watch it. But, you know, I wish it was someone else or something like that. And yeah. then it just blew me away. And that's pretty much what the whole show was, was that whole show. We've been complaining. The build's not good. It's confusing. Who are these people? You know, we know who the people are, but we're sort of, you know, second guessing all the production and everything. And then, uh, and then the show comes and it's just pure joy for like five hours. And and it's so impressive that they were able to pull this together. Um, considering the injuries on both sides, the fact that a great deal of their better workers in AEW all of a sudden couldn't participate because of AAA um, Mexico politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were, there were just so many great moments throughout. Even, again, I wasn't 100% sure. I knew I was going to watch the show. Yeah. Wasn't sure I was going to buy the show. And the buy-in actually convinced me to buy the show. And it was the Lance Archer... Nick Camarado match. Yeah. Because it was a different Nick Camarado than we've seen. We've never seen that Nick Camarado in AEW. Right. And I felt like those those pre-show matches, the buy-in matches, they felt like New Japan matches more than AEW matches. Mm-hmm. And that really intrigued me. That yeah. really intrigued me. And I'm like, okay, I'm I'm a hundred percent giving them my money. And it took like 30 minutes for me to get this show. Yeah. Like I missed the entire Chris Jericho match trying to buy this show that was a nightmare but once i was in i got going on the ftr match and and again that match was really really good and i knew i knew rapungi vice weren't winning a couple times i thought rapungi vice was about were about to win yeah i really thought they were a couple times and that's a mark of a really great match and the same was true in that orange cassidy match because i knew orange cassidy wasn't winning but they had us second guessing ourselves a couple times and that's the. Mo- I mean, what more do you, what more can you ask for out of a pro wrestling company than to be given a match where you know the winner, and then they get you. They, they've got you questioning yourself the whole match. Right, and that happened a few times. That happened, yeah, the Orange Cast throughout match. the show. Yeah, and, um, and yeah, I mean, every match I thought you know could Tanahashi win this? Could could uh, Adam Page win this? You know, yeah. the IWGP title. Also, the um going back to the going back to the buy-in, the um the acclaimed and the ass boys. It was a I loved this match because of one thing. They put the crowd in a position to cheer the acclaimed and the ass boys, which is exactly what the crowd has wanted to do for a while. Right. But they've been heels. Yeah. And then the ass boys run off and Billy Gunn and Max Caster win them four on two match yeah um which i forgot who it was i think it was steven on on power bombshell said that shows exactly how new japan views Mm -hmm. the new japan uh strong guys the la dojo guys right but it was also a a, a great showcase of max caster and billy gunn and billy gunn isn't used a lot in AEW in the ring but when he is it's it's done really well and he's really impressive for his age yeah. Um, He's a little bit like Sting in that he can only do yeah. a couple of things. Um, and he, does so he well. just does those and he does them at the right time. But yeah. with Billy Gunn, it's like he crams them all into like 10 seconds. 
Yeah. And then he's like, he's got like 15 seconds of energy. Yeah. And then he does it. And then he's just blown up. He's like a bulldog. Like <laughs> that's what I, at one point I had to babysit the Louisiana tech bulldog, like tech 16. And I discovered, I love bulldogs and they're great for like apartment life because they have like 20 minutes of massive energy every day mm-hmm. and then they're done. And that's kind of the same as me. 20 minutes of massive energy, and then I'm out. I'm yeah. out on the couch. But um, also, of course, we got the beautiful line, scissor me daddy ass. Yep. Um, and it was a thing of beauty. The crowd loved it. Um, and speaking of Sting, I'm jumping all around here. That's what we're going to do right. tonight. Um, Go to the YouTube if you want it in order. Ex- exactly. Um, to me, that was one of the standout moments of the night is Sting doesn't come out. Nobody knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Then the light goes up into the rafters and then Sting basically jump. I know there's not a Jumbotron, but he basically right. jumps off the Jumbotron onto the Young Bucks, onto the Bullet Club. And I loved it and was terrified all at the same time. I don't want Sting to break all his shit. And mm-hmm. I thought he was going to break all the shit and apparently broke none of his shit. Yeah. Yeah, and he seemed okay. He seemed fine afterwards. Yeah. And I, I've said it many times and I'll say it forever. I really, really love the way AEW's handled Sting. I really thought he was just going to be escorting Dar- Darby Allen to mm-hmm. the ring for a couple mm-hmm. of months and then that would be it. And we're getting an entire new chapter in the career yes. of Sting. And it's probably my second favorite chapter. I never really loved crow sting Mm-mm. even Mm-mm. when he was doing the rafter thing and it was the yeah, biggest yeah. biggest thing in his entire career mm-hmm. sting is always going to be surfer sting to me, me too. Uh, and this is my second favorite sting i think ever and again he doesn't do much but he does it at the right times like you said mm-hmm. he does it really mm-hmm. really well that's right and he uh has impervious nipples apparently he like he lost he clearly lost feeling in those by 96 at the very least yeah. Um, maybe that's what put him out after that. It's all the, match. it's all those Ric Flair chops. That's exactly right. It's just, I bet he hasn't felt yeah. the thing. And there's those. an entire, there's an it's entire the generation nitro. Yeah. Any, anybody yeah. who came through Jim Crockett promotions in the late eighties would be completely impervious to, El, <laughs> to uh, El Phantasmo's nipple offense. <laughs> I'm glad that I, that, that you caught as well as I did. There was that moment where El Fantasmo was standing up behind Sting. Yeah. And Sting just left the ring not realizing like forgetting the spot. Right. That he and Fantasmo basically. Yeah, Fantasmo basically just kind of turned around and like mm-hmm. did some poses and bullet club stuff until Sting was able to present his nipples. Yep. Which took longer than expected. That <laughs> took longer than expected. Yeah. <laughs> so weird, man. Dudes with attitudes. Titty yeah. Twisters, Shingo 2022. Right. Oh, this was God. a show. This was such a crazy show. There were like, I mean, it shouldn't it have been this card. good. No, it shouldn't have been. But I it mean, was. if someone had been like, you know, one day you're going to have a show where uh, uh, Orange Cassidy is saved from a beatdown by Katsuyori Shibata. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it is. If I tried to tell myself in like 2012, yeah. mm-hmm. 20, 2017, right. any of this was happening, I think I was on crack. Yeah. Like, it's all so bizarre. Darby Allen, Sting, and Shingo Takagi? Right. A tag team? Mm-hmm. Like, come on. Yeah, Shingo Takagi fist bumping Sting in the ring. 
it's so it's all so bizarre and so wonderful. Yeah. Um, it kind of they, felt like, yeah, like everything was coming back together again after like five weeks of complete. They've been flailing like a chicken with yeah. their head cut off since double or nothing. Yeah. Everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. I don't have a clue what's going on with MJF. You've lost CM Punk. You've lost Brian Danielson. You've lost um, so many people. Like there's dozens of people out with injuries on both sides and they put together a beautiful pay-per-view, maybe the best pay-per-view of the year. Um, it's the first one that I didn't come out feeling exhausted literally before the show was over. I was energized afterwards. I was excited to talk about it. Um, I had a really bad weekend as you know, and this was like such a great way to end the weekend. It ended everything on a high note. It's like a, it's like bookends. Yeah. Like, and there was a lot of like Chris Jericho bookending this pay-per-view. Yeah. Yeah, like you for whatever that was, reason. was really interesting. You had this amazing standalone um you know, cross promotional show that was just mm-hmm. a perfect little universe of you know, overlapping with the two companies. But at the same time, it was just absolutely a build towards next week's television. Yeah. Just like this show is a build towards the Patreon. You should go That's check right. that out. Patreon.com slash fight game media for just five dollars a month. You get tons of extra shows, lots of extra content. Um, and that's all I'm gonna say about that. You should go check it out. It's only five dollars. There's nothing cheaper on the internet. Maybe a couple of really, really unattractive only fans. And frankly, you don't <laughs> need that when you've got me and Kevin right here that's each right. and every week. So go check that out. Check out fightgamemedia.com as well. And then Kevin and I are going to probably start talking about Claudio Castagnoli. Oh, yeah. That man was over. Yes, he was. Like yes, Chicago was. loved him. And I think Chicago was a great place to debut him because Chicago, not only, of course, they know Cesaro, but they remember Claudio Castagnoli. Yeah. You know, and I think that was and you you brought up on Power Bombshells, mm-hmm. like maybe there was an edge taken off of it because of frustration in recent days over Mm -hmm. so many WWE people being brought in. And I feel Mm -hmm. you on that. I a hundred percent do, but Claudio's one that I wish had been here from the beginning. I wish he was an AEW original. He's one of the guys when they started that I thought he, he's one of the guys that would benefit the most from being an AEW, but he's coming in at a time where we're seeing, and I love, I love Ruby. I, I love Ruby Soho. Mm-hmm. And I, I like Tony Storm, mm-hmm. but we've talked about a lot. Like Chris Statlander is the one that should be pushed, right. and Eddie Kingston should be being should be a guy that's pushed to the moon. Right. And Chris is getting a push, but not not to the level we we wish he was. Mm-hmm. And Eddie Kingston, I don't think, has won a match in AEW. Not a single damn match. <laughs> Seems I think like he, it. Like he, I'm sure he's won a couple on on Dark and Elevation. Mm-hmm. But every big match he's been in, that man has lost. Right. Everyone right. did he yeah. win? Did, did his team win on this show? I don't think so. No, no, they lost. They lost. Yeah, they lost because Eddie Kingston loses. And then and the man he apparently hates more than anybody in the world was the big star of the end of the show. That's exactly right. Yeah. Apparently there's real deal heat, like real deal heat. And AEW has been, been done a really good job at, at using real life heat to play into angles. Although apparently they've been, I don't know, smart enough not to approach the um, the CM Punk heat with uh, with Colt Cabana. 
That's one they've avoided probably smartly. Yeah. And I was just thinking the other day about how um, I was kind of surprised they didn't uh, a little bit back when with during the hangman feud, you know, yeah. that hangman yeah. didn't make some crack about Colt Cabana or something, you know, but that, exactly. that's what told me. It was like, probably everyone's agreed. Like, yeah, yeah we're not going to not going to, we're not going to be touching that. Yeah. Like Colt Colt in, in his, in his pro wrestling tees has to see enough CM Punk. Cause that's apparently 99% of the shirts they print every day are CM Punk shirts. Yeah. We don't need to force any more CM Punk into Colt Cabana's life. But um, the Claudio versus Zack Sabre Jr. match was probably my second favorite match of the night. I really, really liked the match. And I liked that they started it out as an apparent squash. But then the story is that Zack Sabre Jr. is so technical that he slowly, it took time, but Mm -hmm. he started taking away Claudio's leg, taking away Mm -hmm. his arm, Mm -hmm. slowing him down. And fighting back from the edge of, of defeat 30 seconds in to almost winning the match. And I like that story. Yeah, I did. And uh, Claudio did a good job of like selling the arm and, you know, yeah. at the end. And um, by the yeah, way, I don't know. I had a I had a weird like I was, I was saying earlier on the YouTube show, like I've had this weird hostility. I don't know, like negativity about Claudio coming in. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think it might not even be him so much as it is just like frustration that some sort of surprise is always the solution versus just good storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. No, there was, there was a point where I kind of got addicted to the surprises mm-hmm. after the Ruby Soho mm-hmm. and like so many people on one show, I'm like, I need, I need a new signing every week. Right. But now I'm completely burnt out. Like Claudio, I was excited about. But like Athena in the past, I might have been excited about now doesn't mean a thing to me. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean a thing. And especially since Swerve and, and Keith Lee, who I really wanted both of them, and they just put them into this little bubble on their own. And they're mm-hmm. just off on Rampage doing their thing until whatever point Tony has written them into his long term booking, which is probably a year in. Right. We'll finally get a Swerve and, and Keith being treated like the stars they were when they came in, but I don't know if they still are. Um, By the way, at one point, John Cena basically insinuated that Cesaro was the strongest man in WWE. Oh yeah. And when, when, when he had Zack Sabre, when he carried, like Zack was wrapped around him and he walked up into the ring and just tossed him over. Right. I was like, okay, I see what you're saying here, John. Yeah. I see which this man is freakishly strong. That's right. And very stylish. I mean, to be fair, Zack Sabre's like 150 pounds, but still. Right. It's a good matchup. Yeah, it's a good very matchup. Strong, very strong, very stylish. Yes. <laughs> that should be his gimmick. Yes. <coughs> um, they do, They were able. I mean, come on. They had Danhausen in the building or, mm-hmm. you know, close enough to the building. Mm-hmm. They had Yano in the building. Mm-hmm. You don't give us anything. You just yeah. give us like the. The the Danhausen with the with the Ass Boys song, right. which led to the Ass Boys disappearing forever. Yeah, did they ever return? I don't they think they ever did. returned. They never did. No, they're still they out probably, there on the streets. They were probably like they were looking for um the the like the Harajuku district or whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, they were, yeah they the, I mean they assumed they were at the Tokyo Dome the whole time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. 
I dropped something. Just had to do a dive onto the floor there. Um, what were some of the other? What were some of the highlights for you on the show? We, we've again, if you want the yeah. full breakdown, go to YouTube, Fight Game Media, Power Bombshells. Yep. We had a really good talk, but um, there were just a lot of little standout things. Like I really liked that Nick Camarado match mm-hmm. a lot. Um, mm-hmm. There were just lots of little things in the show that were really done well. Yeah, at some point you need to go back because you said you missed the uh, six man at the beginning. You need to go back because for me that was the second best match on the show. Okay, I've got to watch that one, and I need to rewatch Thunder Rosa Tony Storm because I missed the first. I missed like five the first five minutes of it, Mm -hmm. and I caught the end, and I and I liked it. I thought it was a good match, but it felt like maybe there should have been more to it. But there was more to it that I didn't see because somebody had to go outside to to go potty. Um not not naming names, pup it up. Great <laughs> timing up, as always. Go. Great up, timing up, as go. always. Exactly. Yeah. Um Moxley bled more than anybody we've seen since uh, Matt Menard. Right, at randomly. The last pay-per-view. Yeah. Randomly. Yeah. Like, I didn't like nobody on the show on like there were five of us on Power Bomb shows. Nobody mm-hmm. saw what caused it. Mm-hmm. I assumed he bladed. I just assumed it. Yeah, it was pretty because clear, he like, got he went, so much blood. Yeah, he went outside and did it. And I don't know if he's just like muscle memory now that when he goes for it, he goes for it. I don't, but I'm not even sure why. There might be blades in his skin. He doesn't even know we're there. Right. Like he's probably blading in his sleep by yeah. accident. Yeah. And just, just his right. wife's just waking up covered in blood, not knowing what's going on again. Right. Yeah. She, yeah. She tweeted during the show. It was just all it said was, oh, Lord, <laughs> everybody was really worried. And, and it, like Sam pointed out, that match ended pretty, pretty shortly thereafter. Yeah. Um, I think there was some worry that the blood was not stopping. Mm-hmm. Um, then the other big worry on the show is Adam Cole. And it right. apparently Brian Alvarez says, um, it is believed at this moment Adam Cole has a concussion, but there's some worry also that Okada might have gotten a little bit of an injury from getting kicked square in the face. By, yeah. Which, by the way, Adam Cole had some really well-timed kicks, but yeah. also a few that might have been a little stiff. Yeah. Yeah. There was one that I saw. I went actually went back and watched it and kind of delayed. Miss, I, I, I missed the very beginning of the tanahashi uh moxie match because i went Mm -hmm. back to watch the end of the four-way just to see if i thought if i saw what i thought i saw and it did look like okada just got smacked square in the jaw at one point and that's right about the time it fell apart and so my here's my theory Mm -hmm. i think okada got rattled Mm -hmm. but they knew that this was the fever pitch of the match so so the instinct just kept going yeah so he threw his drop kick started to do a move then it didn't uh, missed Rainmaker. Mm-hmm. Then he did another drop kick, and they started to kind of repeat the sequence. Yeah. And I think that was supposed to be uh, a real Rainmaker. Yeah, that was supposed to set up uh, Jay getting the pin on him. Yep, on uh, Cole. But there was like a what normally would be a pile driver. I think if you know Okada would normally put him in that tombstone pile driver. But instead, it was sort of like a Michinoku driver, and I think Jay got knocked silly at that point. Yeah. And then I think he started. I think they just started to repeat spots, and he and he ducked when he wasn't supposed to duck. Yeah, I don't know. It just was all jacked up, and I feel bad for both. But because because it did kind of tarnish what was a really good match, and it was really the Weird first finish. Weird kind finish. of you know even on the whole show, it's the first non 
you know, kind of disappointing thing on the entire show. Which but, again, you can, you, you know, you can let it, you can let them, you can give them a pass on it. If in fact, half the participants right. had concussions at the end, which is right. likely. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the fact, I mean, yesterday seeing that Hiromu couldn't get on the plane because mm-hmm. of a fever mm-hmm. and just Ishii, I mean, injury after injury after injury. And yeah. <laughs> it's, it is. And again, like, um, like Steven pointed out on, on Power Bombshells earlier, it's not just AEW. It's right. all of wrestling it's right wild. now. Yeah. And it is. And I wonder, it could just be random, but you have to think there's a reason and I yeah. wonder if it's the fact post COVID there are indie shows again. People are working more shows. Mm-hmm. Maybe people are going all out now that crowds are back and going a little harder than maybe they should be going. Like you can call it Darby Allen itis. I don't know. Um, right. But just people, yeah. I don't know. Maybe people are just trying to do too much at, right now. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. They're just all getting worn down at the same time. I, you know, one thing we haven't talked about on this show Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. the crowd made this show. The crowd set the tone from the very beginning, from the Mm buy-in in chant. Like they were chants for almost every new Japan wrestler, almost everybody. Yoshihashi got chants. Yeah. And I mean, there were big Zack Sabre Jr. chants. They were like Shibata Mm -hmm. was a superstar. Okada was a God amongst men. This Mm -hmm. crowd was there for new Japan more than AEW, and Mm -hmm. that sold the show for me. And I think that probably helped any, any AEW fan that's not really familiar with new Japan. It helped them understand Mm -hmm. who's who, because Mm -hmm. the crowd reactions were so powerful and it was great. Yeah. I think anybody who was like a casual AEW viewer Mm -hmm. who, you know, tuned in for that show is probably going to start watching New Japan. Yeah. Like I would think. I feel like after this show, the three people that AEW fans will want to see on a regular basis, mm-hmm. Will Ospreay, Zack Sabre, and Claudio, and they're only getting Claudio. And I hope yeah. we get more Zack Sabre, and I hope we get more Osprey, mm-hmm. but who knows if we will. Man, yeah. I'm... I want, yeah, I like want we some more Will Osprey. I want to see him right. versus Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan, yeah. whoever. Yeah. One of the two guys, either one. I'd love to yeah, see like him against we, Kenny. Oh, absolutely. We, um, you know, we we didn't put together like a rundown for the show because we knew we were just going to, you know, be doing five hour show and then hours yeah. of talking. And, you know, so this is pretty free form. But yeah. You know, so we didn't do like a heat index or anything, but I think what you're talking about, like the people that are hottest coming out of the show have to be Osprey, mm-hmm. Claudio. Yeah. Let's let's do the heat index yeah. for this show, for Forbidden Door. Okay. Yeah. So let's pick five let's let's pick five. Yeah. And then let's place them in order. So Osprey, Claudio. Okay. Would you yeah. put Zach in there? I'd put him in there. I don't know how high. I what think about Mox. Moxley. Okay. What about Eddie? Uh, Eddie and Jericho. I didn't see their match, so I can't really make a determination I think, there. Uh, let me think. Oh, I, well, I would either pick Eddie or FTR. Probably. I think FTR. I think FTR. Yeah, they were, they were just so, over. I think we kind of overlook it because it was so early in the show, but 
you know, like they were just so loved. Dax has been the star. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Like bald. Yeah. Dax is bald. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, I need to make sure because I get a lot of names mixed up sometimes. Right. Well, it's um, like uh, CM Punk said, you know, you tell them apart because you have beard and bald. Yeah. <laughs> and beard has beard has the beard and bald yep. has a mustache. There you go. So Dax has been the star lately. And I liked that he's the one that got injured and had to leave. And yeah. then it was just cash. It was kind of the mm-hmm. the guy that 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 lost to Kylo Riley. Yeah. Um, and I like. I really like the way they did that. He's the guy that kept the team in it. He was their their only hope for most right. of that match. And then, of course, Dax got kind of you know essentially got the hot tag near the end when he comes in. And even yeah. though he's injured, he's the fresh guy. He hasn't been mm-hmm. in most mm-hmm. of the match. And mm-hmm. I love Drapungi Vice in it. I really wish I like I know they're not gonna be AEW tag champions. I wish they got a right. few wins. I wish they got taken mm-hmm. as seriously as they were treated on commentary mm-hmm. in AEW, because I really, really like them as a tag team. And Rocky Romero is pretty phenomenal. In fact, some of yeah. his uh his near falls again, they they, oh, they yeah. had me, man. Mm-hmm. They had me. By the way, like when you talk about Two and and nine tenths second pins mm-hmm. tonight, man. A the, lot of them in the Orange Cassidy match and in that FTR match. There were, all, mm-hmm. and I don't even know how the referees did it. Like it was so well done. Yeah, that they weren't hitting on that third on that on the on the on the third, and uh, mm-hmm. they were really impressive. There was one. There was one where I can't remember what match it was. We all talked about it on the YouTube, but I can't Rice. remember. Messed up. Uh, yeah, where someone hit three and the yeah. crowd was given in the business about it, but I couldn't remember. <laughs> I don't even remember what match that was, but that was Bryce. <laughs> I know that. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> let's see. Thunder Rosa, Tony Storm. I don't quite think they make it. Um. I don't think anybody from the uh, four way makes the heat index. Um, which is a shame because Jay White, I think, has been pretty good. I, I've, I've enjoyed mm-hmm, him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, mean, you- I think, you know, like Hangman looked really good. He looked, yeah. you know, one thing, one thing that I really did strike me during the match was when Okada came out, you know, it felt special. Like yeah. it felt like, oh, wow, this is next level guy. You I know, didn't- I didn't like you feel said he like, was kind of a wrestling god, but yeah. Go ahead. What I didn't feel like he had the best match. He, yeah. You know, it wasn't as good as most of his big matches I've seen. I think right. you pointed he's out just not a four way guy. No, they very rarely do four ways in the title picture, yeah. and he's always in the title picture. Right. But it was just the fact that he's who he is, and he was here. Mm-hmm. He was in America because yeah. I I yeah. know what that's like. As in um, the WrestleMania um. Where Brian, where Daniel Bryan won the title, Undertaker mm-hmm. got beat by Brock. It was um, I was at Bloodsport at that Mania, mm-hmm. and Low Key got booted off the card. He wouldn't do a job to somebody, and um, I found out like when I got to New Orleans, he was being replaced by Suzuki, and I realized mm-hmm. this is probably the only chance I'll have in my life to see Minoru Suzuki. And it was yeah. such a big deal. And that's what those people were feeling in Chicago. Yeah. We actually yeah. get to see Okada live. Mm-hmm. Maybe the mm-hmm. best wrestler alive today. Maybe the best wrestler of all time. Yeah. And that alone gets him, I think, 
that at least gets him to the edge of the heat index. So my question is, I think number mm-hmm. one is between Claudio and and Osprey. Mm-hmm. Would you give that to Will Osprey? Uh, you know, even though I was complaining about it, I'd probably give it to Claudio. To Claudio, just because he just came in with positions so much as like a key player, mm-hmm. you know, that's like, and I know, he's, he, yeah, I know you don't feel like he's the right fit for Blackpool, but I kind of like the fit because he is, he's a big, tough guy who is a really good technical wrestler. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he'll be, and he also the European feel, I think is good. Uh, you, mm-hmm. you know, because like they've got the European coach, but they didn't have any right. European members yet. And now they right. kind of do, and I like that. I'm yeah. I'm comfortable with us putting him at number one. Yeah, I think you know, yeah, I I, I got to give it to him for that. I mean, they really made it a big deal, and you know, I have quibbles. You know, this little fancy ring jacket, and <laughs> and uh, you know, and his music was like really like his music was kind of peppy. It was weird, and I was, was like, a that's weird. not Blackpool. That's not Blackpool Combat Club music. Yeah, they, you know, they like need the, to work on that. Yeah, that, everybody that, was, that didn't fit. It's tough because you want to say everybody in Blackpool needs Blackpool music, but like, yeah, Moxley has his like they've paid a lot of money for Moxley's music, right? And, right, and then they they did a lot of work creating Dan Brian Danielson's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God only knows if Wheeler Yuta has music. I don't even know. He does. It's pretty cool, but it's like kind of a you know. Uh, it's sort of like a Japanese action movie music or something like an anime theme song. You want to know what we, we should maybe do as one of our mm. monthly specials on the Patreon. Mm. We should do, we should break down like the top 20 walkout songs because I realized tonight. Oh yeah. I realized mm-hmm. tonight. I really, really like Darby Allens and that's not mm-hmm. one I talk about, but man, mm-hmm. when it hits, it feels like Darby Allen. It feels yeah. right. And uh, and yeah. and AEW has some amazing walkout music with Ruby. I mean, Ruby Soho's mm-hmm. is is maybe the clearest. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of hate that they're changing Orange Cassidy's because I like what he's walking out to now, um, and I right. think it fits. Even though apparently a lot of people don't agree with me, but um, yeah, I think that'd be a lot of fun. That would be fun. We'll write that down. All right. I'm yeah, sure, so Claudio. Claudio, I think. He, you know, he's obviously going to be a big player. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think he could be cool. I, I it's kind of like what I'm imagining though is like Cesaro, you know, and yeah. it's like I need to see the AEW guy. Yeah. And um, you know, like Forbidden Door is just such like a. I'm mean, sorry, Forbidden Door. I was just looking at the <laughs> off the screen while I was talking. Uh, Blackpool is so like no nonsense, Smash yeah. Mouth. Like just butt kickers, you know. We need to see him and get bloody. We we yeah. We need and we bloody. just need we need to see him like, you know. I want to see him in that in that video where they're just like you know stretching Wheeler Yuta in the gym, like you know that kind of thing. Versus yeah. like you know International Man of Mystery is what I always think of like Cesaro as. I or, hope you know Claudio. I hope his first match on Dynamite is versus Wheeler Yuta. Like Wheeler, now that he's in, <laughs> you've got to get yeah. your ass kicked by him as well. Right, right. That would be kind of awesome, actually. I would kind of like to be really entertained by that. (laughs) Um, I'll tell you what. I think when we see them together as a group, it's going to feel really good. I think it's going to feel like a pretty good action. Um, 
I don't know. Every faction needs their Jake Hager. And he's a more talented. I guess so. He's their tall yeah. guy. You know, he's their Lex Luger and the Four Horsemen. They're Sid right. Vicious, but he can actually go. Like, okay. he's a really good wrestler. Um, yeah, I'll go there. I'll warm up to it. Also, the, his ROH history it puts him, That's has true. him well positioned to do some yeah. things with them as well. I loved his tag team with Chris Hero back in the day. So, yeah. Yeah, I could see. Man. I know that that's another name a lot of people have been wanting to come to AEW as mm-hmm. Chris Hero. But you gotta you gotta call you gotta stop the stop at some you gotta point. Somewhere. You gotta it's stop gotta somewhere. stop somewhere. And I feel like I feel like unless there's another outside of Sasha. Right. It needs to stop now. Like he's the last guy we really need. Because like I really wanted Johnny Nitro. I and I really don't like the name Johnny Elite. I don't feel like that's right. going to stick. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Like at some point you've got too many guys and like they didn't catch the joke on power bombshells. When I joked about like the reason Claudio needed to win is he's going to be the guy that's here long term that by the time we see another Zack Sabre Jr. match, we might get two or three Claudio matches. Right. Because you <laughs> like there are people they sign yeah. and like a big signing and then we don't see a match for two months. Right. Right, the Jay Lethal syndrome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Until they finally like put together an angle for him. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, but they just yeah. Okay, but they just keep bringing guys in, so it's just like enough. It's just more and more people. To me, him, Swerve, and Keith Lee are the guys that like you had to sign. Like you can't yeah. not sign those. They're too good. And right. the others that are out there, like they like they might have one good angle in them. You could use them for. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. again with um with Wyndham Rotunda, like I think they were tr- I think they had planned to sign him, and I think mm-hmm. that's why the Dark Order was falling apart at one point, and then they didn't get mm-hmm. him, and all of a sudden the Dark Order's cool again. Mm-hmm. And um and again like past that dark dark, I'm sure they would have had good things to do with the guy, but like right. you don't sign somebody for one angle, right? Even if it might last a few years, I don't know, right? Yeah. I'm ready for him to just, again, I'm ready for Eddie Kingston to start getting a push and I'm ready for Chris Statlander to start getting a push. And mm-hmm. they're like, they have so much homegrown talent, but like, and you never know if people are injured or if they're just not getting used. Yeah. Like I, right. jo- like I joked that, um, um, oh, Trent Beretta's tag team partner. That's not Rocky. Romero. Yeah. I joked that Chuck Taylor might be the only guy uninjured guy on the roster. Right. I haven't seen him <laughs> wrestle in months. I don't even know. He might right. be injured. I don't know. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, well, just even in the thing of investing in people is like you have people who need support and can be built up and people want to get built up. Like, I, you know, I was telling my buddy Jimmy today about um, like the the surprise thing. So, like, if they're trying to bring in Claudio and they want Claudio to have the biggest debut possible, then they did the right thing. They did it perfectly. Right? Yeah. But if it was how do we cover for – you know, who do we put in the match that Brian Danielson can't be in? Yeah. I was real. I mean, in my head, it wouldn't have had to be that different, but like I was talking with my buddy today that, um, what, I, what I felt like should have happened was they just like, okay, use the opportunity to invest in somebody. Yeah. You could have had Brian Danielson announce, I can't be on the show and I'm not going to be in blood and guts and do all the same stuff and then have him say, but, I've got a replacement. I'm in this, you know, we're the Blackpool combat club and we're, you know, we're investing in people and that kind of, you know, 
now it's time to show it. Wheeler Yuta, get out here. Yeah. And Wheeler Yuta comes down and Brian's like, all right, you know, you earned your way into the thing. We've been working on you. Mm -hmm. Now's your time to show it. You're going to represent me. And, you know. And then Wheeler gives a really good showing, but loses. Well, right. But even before that, you have Zack Sabre come out. Mm Mm-hmm. And instead of just standing there, he can actually start talking trash and say, oh, you've got your young boy against me. Well, I'm just going to fly against back to Japan because this isn't even, you know, worth my time or whatever. And then you just slaps the crap out of him. Oh, man. You know, and and then they have the match. You puts up a great show. Everyone would love him because they loved him tonight. Yeah. And then he can and then he can lose. But which makes sense. But then to prove himself again, he can have a big moment in blood and guts to make up for it. And now you've developed a star that you've been working on, you know, and it's like there, it seems like Tony Khan is just too like, what's the quick solution versus like, how do I, you know, invest? I got to tell you, Kevin, um, Mm -hmm. as a kid, I loved GI Joes, a million GI Joes, but I didn't play GI Joes with them. They were, they were wrestlers. Right. And I had I the and, same thing. And I had a little carpet that was the perfect size for a wrestling ring. And uh-huh. I ordered ordered blood packets, blood capsules, oh, so wow. I could have my blood baths. And every I think every Friday or Saturday, I updated my top ten on my mom's typewriter. Because I had nice. storylines going, yeah, I had real yeah. wrestlers, I had my own. And right mm-hmm. now I wish you had a bunch of G.I. Joe's because I would listen to your booking. <laughs> like a podcast. I would pay for the podcast to listen to your booking because you were a great booker. Oh, I appreciate that. All, all, all your stuff. It's easy when like, you don't have to actually deliver. Exactly. That is true. But all like your stuff delivers, whether it happens or not, your theories always deliver. Let's see what else, what else happened on this match? Um, well, yeah, I'm surprised the four way was good. Um, Weird ending, of course. Oh, the uh, the the All Atlantic Championship match. Ah, uh, yes. I said this previously. No. I'll say it again. I never thought. I never. I never thought of Malachi Black versus Miro, but once mm-hmm. I saw it, I was yeah. intrigued. Yeah. I and yeah. again, Miro got the mist, and Miro is currently um, wanting to murder God. I have mm-hmm. a feeling he's going to put Malachi Black high on that list as well now. Yeah, and I'm yeah. here for that all day long. I would, I would love, love to see Miro step yeah. in. Because, like, look, I, I've really... The matches between Death Triangle and um, House of Black have been really good. But I've seen mm-hmm. them now for 18 months. I'm right. ready for other matches. And Miro's who I want to see. Yeah. whether I, Yeah, that Miro is so great right now and the people want to love him yeah so much yeah and i don't know if that's what their plans are for him but they should like they, they should know, he, sh- he should be you know and i and i and i think i think malachi is a good feud for him i think it's a really good feud like and it's yeah. a we haven't seen malachi against a big dude we really yeah. haven't and i would like to like see Miro that. against brody king oh oh my god like just going through yeah. all those guys yeah He'd have to go through them first because that's how everything works in AEW. And I'd love to see him bullying the so much bigger Brody King because Miro is not a tall guy. I don't think he's six feet or barely six feet. I don't think he is. Yeah. And Brody, I think, is six five, which means real life six three. Um, Mm -hmm. 
So, and, and Miro would win that match. He'd have to win that match. And I'd love to see him tossing Brody King around. Yeah. What'd you think of Pac winning versus Miro winning? I was really excited for Pac. Um, yeah. He's a guy that, you know, at the very beginning, he beat Kenny Omega. And I thought right. he's really going to be in title contention in AEW. Yeah. And then I realized I was very wrong. He's never going to be in title contention. And even if it's a newly created belt that Tony Khan printed out on his 3D printer in his bedroom right. last night, I'm right. excited he's got it. Um, yeah. I don't like Yeah, he got that you deserve exists. a chance at the end. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing is he deserves it. He absolutely yeah. deserves it. Um, I wouldn't mind Miro getting it at some point, but I'm, yeah. I, I really like Pac, Pac winning it right now. Mm-hmm. I'd, yeah, that's kind of the same feeling I had. I was like, you know, this guy's been since day one, just been killing it. And he's and, been really hampered, like getting stuck in Europe during COVID. Right, right. Things like that, where maybe he could have had a belt around his waist. Now that he's back, I'm glad they gave it to him. Yeah, me too. Yeah. We're uh, both. We are both really so tired. dead right now. We're both. We were starting to heat it. Like, so yeah. we just sort of. Okay, so <laughs> um, Claudio number one, Will Osprey number yeah. two. Who yeah. would be number three? Would it be Zach? Would it be FTR? Would it be Mox? I would say probably Mox. Okay, just and it's sad that Pac, Pac isn't making it. Like there was too much that happened on no. the show. Yeah, and it's a real shame, but he's not making it. Yeah. I mean, you know, Orange Cassidy may even deserve to be up there because it's like instantly yeah. he was just like, oh, everyone's like, oh, I forgot how great you know he what? can be. Yeah, because we talked about that because yeah, we keep like he beats Adam Cole. He beats Chris Jericho multiple times. Right. They've shown how and I like the way they've redefined the character as it's mind games. He's playing right. mind games with people. And I like that he did this in this match where he went mm-hmm. from like fake strikes to real strikes. Right. Right. But the exact same strikes. Right. And yeah, we talked. Yeah. We like when he's gone for long periods in my mind, he reverts back to Indy Orange Cassidy mm-hmm. where he's literally asleep in the ring and people are trying to right. keep the crowd quiet enough so they can right. pin him without waking him up. Which right. is hilarious, but not yeah. high level wrestling. And no. you, we forget he is a real he is truly a high level wrestler. Yeah. I don't know if he'll get a five-star match for this, but he's a guy who could get a five-star match at some point. And not everybody's a guy like that. There aren't that many Chuck Taylors out there. Right. <laughs> That's true. There's not. No. <laughs> Never be able to take that away from him. Never. Uh, well, I, you know, I mentioned on the YouTube show, I watched this week. It probably would have, if, if we had had a double, uh, should have been a dynamite. Should have been on week. dynamite. I probably yeah. would have mentioned. This is the one. The um, the uh, there's the uh, Will Osprey Nick Wayne match when you know Nick and Wayne's a 16 year old. And if people don't uh, know, if yeah. people aren't longtime listeners of F4W Wrestling Observer, Nick right. Wayne is the son of Buddy Wayne, who was a longtime longtime partner, friend of trainer. Brian Alvarez, partner yeah. trainer. Exactly. Yeah. And like a lot of people started out there and then went on to Lance Storm Wrestling Academy. And and Buddy Wayne's son, Nick, is a hell of a wrestler at like 16 he really is. years old. 16 years old. And he, he can hang with Will Ospreay. And like you said, and, you were watching yeah. the match and what you how you yeah. were reading the match was it was Nick Wayne against future Nick Wayne. 
or yeah, Will Ospreay versus sixteen-year-old yeah. young, yeah, right, exactly. Will Ospreay yeah, against his past, and and the match was even kind of laid out that way, even though they didn't really do it on commentary. And it was a fantastic match. If I, you know, if today's show hadn't happened, I would have been like, "This is the match of the week." You know, mm-hmm. I watched it today about an hour before Forbidden Door started, and then the Orange Cassidy match happened, and I thought, "Oh, this is be neat to compare with." It's fresh in my brain. I think the Orange Cassidy match was better. I wonder. I could be completely wrong. Um, I wonder if that wasn't booked almost like a warm up because they're both smaller guys, Orange Cassidy and mm-hmm. Nick Wayne. Um, I don't know. There, de- there definitely were like structurally there were some similarities right. because like uh, they weren't exactly the same, but they were like you know Nick Wayne would there would be a thing where he would always try to get Will in a with a poison rana that backwards mm-hmm. hercarana and. And Osprey would always get out of it, you know, or just yeah. like flip over and land on his feet or something and just be like outclass him. Like, you can't, you can't pull that on me. And then he'd finally get it. Yeah. And there were like similar things with the Orange Cassidy match, but, um, you know, it had that sort of hope spot thing, you know, that would, that would go through. But, yeah. uh, you know, I was, the thing I just loved about the Orange Cassidy match was how much he retained of like the mind games of yeah. like, he integrated it into his character and stuff. Yeah. So I don't know. I would, I would put, you know, you might put Osprey and code number twos. Okay. So know, we've there. got. And then maybe FTR number three, maybe. Claudio. Or four, I guess. So let's do Claudio number yeah. one. Osprey mm-hmm. slash Orange Cassidy number two. Uh-huh. FTR number three. Because <clears throat> I've got I'd a fresh so. number five. I've got a number five. Okay. Okay. So yeah, who's. FTR number three. Who's number maybe four? Maybe Eddie number four. I think my number five is Sting. I think like okay. I think that yeah. jump was a big deal. It yeah. was meant to be a big deal. Yeah. The fact his, his nipples are impervious to pain. I think that's earned him a spot in the top five this week. Right. Yeah. I can't argue with that. And overall, this was. I mean, like Paul said. Um. Again, powerbomb mm-hmm. shows us now on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Fight Game Media YouTube channel. They get a much more energetic us on that. Yes, so much more energetic. But um, what the hell did Paul point out that I was about to bring up? Good lord, I am so <laughs> tired. Oh my god, I can't yeah. remember what he was. What, what was his point? Paul had a really good point, y'all. <laughs> really good point. Also, very acrobatic cat in the background. You're gonna want to tune yes. in just for that. That's all yep. of us. We're all we all see it at the same time. And I had to say something because everybody's faces were like, whoa. Yeah. It was a hell of a move by that cat. <laughs> like looking like Ray Fenix. Um <laughs> let me see. I don't I, I had something to do with Sting, I think. I can't remember what it was. Um honestly, when I think back to that match, I remember I barely remember the Young Bucks. I barely remember the Young Bucks yeah. in that match, which is odd. Yeah. But all the things right. I remember were about their opponents or mm-hmm. their tag team. Partner, El Fantasmo. Yeah. El Fantasmo. It was um, kind of like young doing young bucks cosplay in a weird. It was like you never really realized. Yeah. I was joking with uh, or I tweeted at Jeff Hawkins. He was like, he should be like an honorary young buck. Yeah. And I thought he should, he, they should call him buck 50. That's great. I'm, I'm all about that. I did. I do remember the fact they hit the, the, um, the double super kick. On mm-hmm. Sting, and he no sold it, but then yeah. uh, El Fantasmo joined in a true super kick party, and that mm-hmm. actually took down Sting. I like yeah. I liked that they did that. That was good. 
that was a good move. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, he did the double scorpion death drop again. He does. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do a lot of moves, but the moves he does mm-hmm. are great. And of course, because he's the icon sting, the occasional no sell becomes a really big deal because yeah. he is just a badass with all the experience in the world mm-hmm. who's fought everybody, even triple mm-hmm. H, um, of course, in yeah. loss because it was triple right. H, but, um, and, and I, and I like him that. as a legend. Yeah. You know, even like when uh, there was a moment in the match where Shingo Takagi gives him the the extended fist of the Los yeah. Ungobernales, you know, mm-hmm. like it was just a cool moment. And the, and the crowd picks up on it. Yeah. They're just like, oh, that's a big deal. I knew like for some reason I could read when that match started. It was a big deal for Shingo Takagi to be in a match with Sting, probably a lot like it was a big deal for um, uh, some American wrestlers to have been in matches with Tatsumi Fujinami back in the day. Right. Because they mm-hmm. were this foreign legend. And mm-hmm. the same way that everybody was in awe of Okada, I guarantee you, because New Japan used to have the deal with WCW, the Sting is a freaking legend over there. Has to be. Yeah. yeah. And I loved that. That's It was just a tiny little thing that I really, really got a kick out of. Um. Oh, there's one more thing I want to talk about that we did not bring up on Power oh. Bombshells. Okay. And that is we got to look at Tully Blanchard Enterprises yet again with Brian Cage. Oh, yeah. And like they cut a promo. I don't remember any bit of the promo. Brian Cage looked like a monster. The tag team looked like monsters. I hope we see them in the next six months. And I do not have <laughs> yeah. a clue why you would pay Brian Cage what has to be a decent amount of money. He had to be mm-hmm. making good money coming in because he was a right. big name at the time. Mm-hmm. Impact mm-hmm. wanted him. Lots of people wanted him. Mm-hmm. And and he does an ROH pay-per-view and one promo in, in the last six months. Right. It is mind-boggling what is going on there. It's as mind-boggling as what's going on with MJF, which I don't know if anybody actually knows. Yeah. I don't even know if Dave Meltzer knows. And Dave knows no. everything. I don't know if MGF knows. <laughs> I don't know. Like uh, I bet I bet you're right. This may be something nobody knows what's happening. I don't have a <laughs> Everybody's working everybody and no one knows what's happening. If this is work, man, I think it's a bad idea, the MGF yeah. thing. But I, I think it's But if it's if it's a shoot, it's a horrible idea as well. Right. Like pay him, I don't know. I hope they come to an agreement. I I, he, I think his future should be in AEW. I think that's the best move too. for him. Paul Paul Fontaine disagrees. Thinks he would do great in WWE. I don't think so. I don't think a guy that's five yeah. foot ten. I think he'd do great for uh, like seven weeks. Yeah. Again, I don't think the thing the promos he cuts he could not cut mm. in WWE. It would not be allowed on PG programming. Right. Um. And again, he's five ten, man, and everybody there is huge he would he he's a he would they would eventually name him name him butch and he'd be a man <laughs> he'd be a hell of a manager man but right, he would he's better than that yeah okay so what even happened on dynamite i don't have any memory of dynamite and i watched you know, the dynamite. only the only thing that's like really still relevant mm-hmm. af- after tonight's show is uh the christian promo that was a good promo. It was a, it was a hell of a promo, and I I love the fact that Christian in storyline is so petty. 
He waited a year to get his revenge on Christian. He just like he rode their coattails yeah. until they they lost, and right. then it's just a beat down. I like that part of it, but the part about him saying like, "Well, the reason I did this is because you eliminated me from a battle yeah. royal." Yeah, like, that made no sense because he because okay, a so he battle comes in royal his first a night. year ago, right? He he comes in, gets eliminated from a battle royal. And he's like, well, the reason is because, you know, that kept me from getting a title shot. Well, it's like, but two months after that, you did get a title shot and Jungle Boy hasn't. <laughs> so what are you mad about? Oh, man. Like you main evented a pay-per-view. You know, there was, um. did you ever watch the TV show Community? Oh, yeah. Community was great. And then Dan Harmon, the creator, got fired for a season. Mm-hmm. And that season was terrible. It was not a good mm-hmm. season. And when they came back for season four, I believe they referred to that in storyline as the gas leak season. (laughs) Like there was just a big gas leak the whole season. And Uh that's why everything Uh was weird. And I hope eventually we can refer to the period between double or nothing and forbidden door is like the gas leak season of AEW. And just everybody was high on fumes. Nobody knows what's going on. That's why everybody was getting injured. By the way, right. I w- is there any chance at all that Brian Danielson's injury was that foot thing where his foot got caught in between the ring and the? Um, it doesn't seem like it. It doesn't seem like that was like a month ago, right? It was like a month ago, and I think generally everyone thought that he sort of slipped and then just decided to make a thing out play, of it, make just a, to yeah. just to play it up. I was just wondering, like I was, yeah. I was trying to think when when did an injury happen? I, he mm-hmm. hasn't wrestled much recently, but again. Um, just like in, in MMA, these guys are working out a lot. You can get workout injuries, right. you can get car in, car accident injuries, like right. da- like Darius Martin. You can get it, you or you can get injured carrying a very very large coffee table up a yeah. flight of stairs when a doctor told you in 2006 you should never lift over 15 pounds in your life again due to your injured back causing yeah. a new back injury. So. There's lots yeah. of ways guys can get injured. Not that I know anybody that fits that story. I just pulled right. that out of my ass, clearly. Yeah. And but it's, yeah. Yeah. Someone someone out there. Someone I yeah, yeah. that's yeah. that probably has happened to somebody recently. Right. Causing yeah. them to be in searing pain twenty four seven. Oh. <laughs> oh man. Feel bad for that guy. Oh God. That poor bastard. That son of a bitch. Um, but hopefully he watched uh he watched Forbidden Door and had a great time. Yeah, which I, I I really hope everybody watching watch Forbidden Door. I almost didn't buy it. I'm really glad I did. Um, Br Live can um, Br Live can burn in hell because it took me 30 minutes to get signed up. 30 minutes, and then when I went, like I got signed up on my laptop. Then I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, let me take this to my really large TV, and I yeah. tried to find the Br Live app, but there is no Br Live app. There's a Bleacher Report app, which Bleacher Report used to be the thing until they changed the name to BR Live, but they didn't they change it the, back to BR. Did they? They changed it back, yeah. Yeah. But Bleacher, the app is still Bleacher Report, which took me forever to find once I yeah. finally got signed up. Also, I got signed up and they never asked me to input a password. Like I had mm. my email address, all this. Then I go, when I finally get Bleacher Report downloaded on my Roku, it's like, oh, what's, right. what's your password? Oh, I don't have a password. Who knows? I've got to go mm. reset my password to have a password. Right. And I, that's why I missed the Jericho match. It took an astonishing amount of time 
to buy to buy it on the Bleacher Report app. But in the end, it worked great on it worked great on my Roku. I really enjoyed the show, and I am worried that nobody bought it. I'm really worried that nobody bought it, and I hope word gets out of how good it was and people buy it after the fact or yeah, me people too. bought it last minute because I bought it kind of based on the buy-in. Um, Paul yeah. Fontaine bought it based on the buy-in. Um, and so I'm hoping there were a lot of people like that that watched the buy-in and bought the show. Yeah, me too. And the, again, I think the crowd had a bit, had a lot to do with it. And I, and, and I think that Gato being there live, participating in the booking Mm-hmm. made it feel different than a regular AEW show and made me want to buy it way more. Yeah. And in yeah. the end, I, I do think he had a hand in the show, in the, in the pace of the so show. Too, yeah. mm-hmm. And God knows that is what Tony Khan needs in his life is a little more Gato. And I hope, hopefully he hears from somebody feedback on this show and realizes mm-hmm. this is the way to go. We don't need 18-hour, 18-match pay-per-views, but they got 12 matches in in like four hours, which is pretty dang good. It's crazy. It's really crazy. All right, Kevin, any final thoughts on our way out? (laughs) I have zero thoughts in my head. We've gone one hour. I swore we weren't going to go over 30 minutes. I have no thoughts in my head either. Everybody... Left um, it all on the field this weekend. I hope you enjoyed our, our babbling here tonight. Um, I really hope you'll catch you'll you'll catch us again next week for a full show, a real show where we're both energized and alive and 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 awake. So until next week, from me, from Kevin Ely, from everybody here at Fight Game Media, have a good one, everybody. See you again next Monday.